Today's episode contains explicit language and conversations around sex, human anatomy, menstruation, and personal experiences. We advise that you don't listen to this in the company of little ones or anyone who may be uncomfortable with these topics. Hey, sugars, come on in and take a seat. You're listening to The Honey Potluck, a podcast about sex, health, and thriving. I'm your host, B. Dixon, co-founder and CEO of The Honey Pot Company. And I'm your other host, Javon Alfieri, The Honey Pot's director of digital. Ooh, now let's dig in. Hey there. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Ida Harris and Liz Eswine, two big Sex in the City fans with totally diverse perspectives on the show's impact on humanity and pop culture at large. And I'm so happy that we get to talk about representation and truthfully the lack of within the context of Sex in the City. And so, B, I would love to hear, you know, was there a show where you felt was representative of you or was Sex in the City kind of inching its way towards being reflective of what you wanted or what you saw yourself as? I can't say that it was representative of what I saw myself as in that time. There wasn't a ton of diversity in TV. It was like it was like you had black shows or you had I hate to say it, white shows, right? Like you it was like either one or the other. You just didn't see yourself. And it's in a lot of ways like if you're in Manhattan and you're in the city, you don't really see yourself, right? right. And that's still a thing even today. But I can connect to the energy of what they were communicating and what they were trying to portray. Yeah. And, you know, and the shit was done well. Like, I don't think anybody can say anything about it. It was done beautifully. It you know? was. And it was this formal introduction to sex from an empowered human with a vagina's perspective of, right. of saying, I can move through this world and have all of these varied experiences and still be worthy. Exactly. And I think that was important. And I think also, like, another exploration was exactly what you just said is, like, if it was such a cultural phenomenon but was exclusive— yeah. Meaning that it left very critical elements out of the narrative. Of humanity. Of humanity. Not just black people, but like all people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What does that say about the way that we think about sex, the way we think about sexuality, the way we think about being successful, the relationship with New York, which is why we also have, you know, invited our phenomenal guest Liz into the room and, yes. and Ida, who's a New York native. And so it's just interesting that, you know, all of these things were characters and very critical characters, but they also weren't reflective of reality. Right. And that's important. And I know, like, TV is not reality, Javana Dub, but when you have something that is so zeitgeisty, that literally every human has been invested in in one way, shape, or form, you wonder, like, how do we let people get away with that, right? Or, like, how do we—why are we so susceptible to that? And we're just, like, chill with that. We're like, cool. But I think that that was a part of what was happening. If I think about it, it wasn't weird then. Yeah. It's weird now because now the way that culture has landed— in America, in the world, you really need to be having those conversations. Like now, that should be a thought in the writer's room, right? Yeah. But I'd like to think that there's more of it, even if there isn't a lot of it, there's more of that happening now mm -hmm. than what was happening then, you know? So we, we've, come, we've come somewhere, which is good. Yeah. Well, 
Let's get into this conversation. I hope that everyone feels represented in this dialogue because I think it's really important that we talk about these things and that we create a space for it and that moreover, again, no one is here (laughs) for the betterment of Sex in the City. We're just here to talk about culture and how it influences humans and how at times it can be hyper positive and beautiful and then other times it can be really shitty. And that is what this podcast is here to serve. So we can't wait to get into this episode. Again, continuing our amazing conversation with Ida Harris and Liz Eswine. Hope you enjoy. I think one of the things that we might need to talk about a little bit is like the humans and experiences that were you know, potentially left out of the dialogue. I think that that is one of the unique things about Sex in the City is because it did penetrate so many humans. And it is so, like, even the four of us on this call are all diverse in our own ways, have our own interests, our own lives. And we all happen to be, you know, fans, for lack of better words, or put some level of importance on the show. But I think it's hard to negate that there was a missing element of diversity. How did it have such this, like, this wild hold on all of us whilst also not being representative? Well, gee, it's not like TV was heavily diverse. I mean, we're talking about 1998 through 2004. Nobody was giving a shit about diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, B. We were having this kind of like natural hair renaissance, right? This like strong black woman movement during Sex in the City. So I was hyper aware at that age, like what I was experiencing. So to go back home and kind of watch Sex in the City, it was an obvious thing for me um, that there wasn't any diversity, that TV was segregated. And so for me, I had to like suspend my disbelief. But I think the connective tissue was that we were women, right? Humans that could identify with these different um, lines of storytelling. Right. Do you think the connective tissue was sex, perhaps, though? I think it was both. The reason I say that is not, you know, it's not to sexualize, you know, humans, but it's more so this idea that sex is, like, the most obvious thing we all have in common. Right. And at that time, and and I'm going to argue even today still, so wildly taboo, so many constraints around who you talk to sex about, how you talk about sex, et cetera, that I wonder if that empowered the suspension because it was like, at the end of the day, it's this like novelty of this thing that we all have in common. We all, you know, have sex with a faulty partner or two, or we have like amazing <laughs> sex with a partner or two, whatever. So I just wonder if that was allowed for that. I want to say yes and no. Yes, for the obvious reasons, right? It was, you know, all things sex. But no, because I looked forward to seeing what Carrie was going to wear. Same. You know, I looked forward to what that conversation was going to be, you know, outside of sex, you know, moving to Brooklyn, (laughs) having babies, right? Not being able to have babies. So I looked forward to all of those things outside of sex. So yes, yes, sex, sex and more sex, but definitely the fashion. I definitely also wanted to see the landscape of New York. So, yeah, I tuned in for other, you know, reasons. 
I agree. So did I. It was cool to see what kind of risky thing Samantha was going to do. <laughs> but, you know, but I don't think that I was watching it to to vibe with the sex that was happening. I just liked the show overall. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this, too. It made me wonder about the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because my world, even today, is really predominantly uh, lived in black spaces, whether it was school, my friend group, even work. I work in black media. Uh, The one time I broke away and was, you know, in a white environment was in graduate school. But during Sex in the City, that period, I was curious about the other. I will say that. And it was like, oh, white women think about this, <laughs> you know, um, you know, white women have these conversations around like big dicks, <laughs> you know, it was because we all do. It, exactly. But I never had that interaction with a white woman or a white friend. I've never had a white friend because proximity more than likely, you know. So, yeah, it definitely piqued my curiosity into like what other women uh, were thinking about. And that's why I say the womanness of the show was the thing that brought us all together. I still love that show. You know, it, it wasn't as diverse as it could have been, but it was good TV and it was it was also good women empowerment. I guess the last thing I want to kind of like leave this conversation with and Liz and Ida, I'll have each of you sort of touch on it. What is one piece of life advice, sex advice, dating advice that you got from (laughs) from the show that you'd like to impart on us um, and our listeners? I mean, I think really identifying your friends as family has been, you know, in this microcosm of life in this city. I think that that's been one of the strongest storylines throughout the show and something that I feel really deeply with my friends that I feel like are my family and like how lucky are we to experience that so I think like that's really the biggest takeaway that you know just thinking about this show on the surface that's so special absolutely absolutely we had this saying amongst us my friend group and I, and it was like, dick comes, pussy goes, right? So it was like, when the dick shows up, it's like, all right, see you girls, gotta go. And so I feel like that was dispelled, right? Mm -hmm. Because in all actuality, the pussy stays, right? The pussy around you is holding you down, you know, loving on you, lifting you up when the dick walks away, when it goes to you, when it chooses the other. And so I think it's really important for women to really lean into that and one another and, and embracing us and knowing where our like love is in womanhood. And my other thing about sex, I'll say, <laughs> or dating, not sex, but dating that I gleaned from the show was one shot. That's it. <laughs> One shot. Hmm. What do you mean by that, Ida? If he breaks your heart, move on. Well said, both of you. B, you want to go and share with Ida and Liz? Yeah, I've been trying to think of, like, what's the thing? And I kind of agree with both Ida and Liz, not that I'm trying to be corny and, like, steal your your (laughs) guys'. But I think the love and the connection, the acceptance 
that they had with, for each other was really beautiful. One of the most beautiful things about Sex in the City was their devotion to each other. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. I love it. Two things. One, literally never dye my pubic hairs. <laughs> that was like a big, like, real, like, actual life lesson that I learned from Sex in the City. It was like, you know, because again, like, to Liz's point from the get, I was so young when I was absorbing this. So, like, my understanding mm-hmm. of body image of myself, like, was so different. So every time I revisit this, like, now I, like, cry laughing. But then I was, like, I laughed. But then I was, like, also, like, oh, my God, that could, like, I've considered doing that before, you know? Like, just crazy stuff. So things like that. But I think that Liz can probably relate to this. And Ida, I can't speak for you. But, like, you know, dating is exhausting. <laughs> and, <laughs> And the show (laughs) illustrates it in actually the most accurate way, right? Like, not everything is promised. Every person you go out with can be a hit or a miss. There can be things you treasure about that person and things you absolutely hate. And it's a process. And I'm now 34, which is like the age Carrie was, right? And I'm still single. And I still sometimes I'm like, well... At least they depicted it this way in Sex of the City. Like, it must be normal. It's fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? It still provides me comfort all these years later. This is just part of the cycle and the experience. Yes. And I mean, and then when you get to a certain age and being single, like, you don't even want to date. <laughs> Well, this was such a pleasure. Thank you guys for, again, actualizing my dreams. Um, So awesome to connect with you both. If you guys don't mind um, maybe just sharing your information with our listeners, where they can find you, how they can learn more about you and what you guys are up to. Absolutely. Again, I'm Ida Harris. I'm managing editor of Madame Noir. That's a Black woman's lifestyle magazine, online, digital. Uh, you can reach me there. You can reach me on social at Hot Peas and Butter on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. That's the best username I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Liz Eswine. You can find me on Instagram at at New York City. So come say hi. I'll be there. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It was a good one. It really was. I mean, we went went to a lot of places. So much so that it's a two-parter. Yes. I love a good two-parter. Me too. Yeah. Beautiful conversation. Yeah. I'm grateful for Sex in the City because it made me, like everything else that I've ever experienced in my life, made me the person that I am right now. Agreed. So. It's just like when you have great sex and they never text you back, you know, but you still yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Because sex was, it was good. good. Yeah, 100%. And I love Ida's like Brooklyn born honesty, you know? And I love Liz's passion because, like you said, we grew up with this. Totally inappropriate for y'all to be watching it, but at this point, who cares, right? Okay, so I got to tell you a really quick story. So I grew up in an immigrant family. My mom would only let me watch Sex in the City if I watched it with my grandmother. Oh. My grandmother, who did not speak English, we think it was a lie, though. We think she really did. She really did understand. Okay. Yeah, right. I like it. (laughs) 
She was just like, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, it was so interesting because she would be like obsessed with it. She'd be like, let's watch it again. And I'm just oh. sitting there like 14-year-old me watching like sex scenes with my grandmother. <laughs> I also saw 8 Mile in movie theater with her and both my parents. Like how insane is that? Anyways, all that to say that it's also, it's interesting again, which we all know in one way, shape, or form, but like that television has these moments in our life that are kind of these weird time capsules. Like I get like almost nostalgic and emotional because it did matter to me in those ways. It mattered more to me in my personal life than it mattered what I was like seeing on a screen. You know what I mean? Like it's more about what was happening in my world, which I think actually interestingly, both Liz and Ida and you, frankly, like all said as well. It was more about what were we doing in those moments? How was it kind of manifesting in our lives? And I think that that's kind of like when you get reminded in some weird way that television is an art form. It is. When it's done well. When it's done well. And it's not just this like commodity that's like grossly like tremendous output or whatever. And so I think that it's kind of cool to remember that. I think it is too. I love that we also closed this episode with what are some life things we learned from Sex and the City? Because I think, again, it creates that that relationship that we there are things that we did in fact walk away with there are there are and so lots we want to hear yours too like to all of our (laughs) listeners share them like i'm i'm deeply curious i would love to know how this show impacted you and moreover like if there are things that you absolutely did not like about it let's talk about that too yeah honesty is the best policy yeah Well, I love you. Thank you for going on this Sex in the City journey with me. Oh, I love you too. Thank should you. Should we watch it? <laughs> we totally should. We totally should. And then we should come back tomorrow to each other and be like, what did you think? What did you think? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right. We'll see you on the flip side. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We love you and we appreciate you. Thanks for listening to The Honey Potluck, a podcast by The Honey Pot Company made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, B. Dixon. And I'm your co-host, Javon Alfieri. We're so grateful to have you here. We love you. Mean it. Thoughts and experiences recounted in this episode are hosts' own. Alana Herlins and Lizzie Stewart are our producers. Laura Boyman is our associate producer. Sydney Evans is our dialogue editor and mixer. A major thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Thank you.